Ed Leverage Joe. That is a note I got when I graduated from my... I thought it was going to be a disaster, but it's actually the best roommate I ever had in college. Uh, and that's a note I got at graduation. A little friendly reminder. I thought you were about to talk to your, uh, yourself in third person for some reason. Because um, there were some points today I thought your head would explode. But that I've, was... I, I just... That's what I thought when you first started that, because you just go, Ed. And I was like, is he about to talk to himself in third person? You know, there have been moments where it sure feels like that's in fact the case. Speaking of heads exploding, Dave Glenn, ACC sports veteran reporter, Chapelboro.com contributor, among his many outlets, also at David Glenn Show, is the easiest way to keep up with him on social media. And he is gracious enough to give us a moment of his time. Also, by the way, Dave, congratulations on your latest venture with the North Carolina Sports Network, adding that to your arsenal. Do you believe that the heads are starting to explode of the rest of the ACC whenever anyone associated with FSU opens their mouth about feeling underappreciated? Be with you again, Ed. I can tell you with absolute certainty that those many of those other university presidents and athletic directors uh, do not like at all that Florida State has made a mostly private conversation a public conversation. The ACC is not surprised that the Seminoles are frustrated that the ACC is in the process, is already behind the Big Ten and SEC financially, but is in the process of falling even further behind. Clemson is also upset. Miami is also upset. Uh, Even the schools that might not have great relocation options, of course, they don't like the fact. Virginia and Virginia Tech don't like the fact that the ACC, which 20 years ago was the wealthiest conference in America on a per-school basis, uh, is now at the very best a distant third behind the Big Ten and the SEC. So it's an antagonistic time for some in the ACC. Uh, And as we speak, you know, the ball is in the air because right now, Ed, the ACC university presidents and athletic directors are discussing the additions of some combination or zero from among Cal, Stanford, and Southern Methodist University. So the ACC could be the same 15 schools in a couple days or it could grow by two, or it could grow by three. Uh, so it's it's a crazy time, and it's it's a more vulnerable time than any other period in my 37 years covering the ACC. What leverage do the FSU Seminoles actually have to force any kind of change? Well, I don't think they have a lot. Um, I think screaming and yelling and threatening to leave and saying that their lawyers are going to find some loopholes in the grants of rights, which remember nobody else in college athletics has found a loophole in the grants of rights, and they've been around in multiple conferences for a full decade. I don't think they have a lot of leverage right now. One thing to remember, though, is that the closer you get to 2036, the less expensive it becomes to leave the ACC. Now, that's years down the road, right? But if, if FSU wanted to go rogue right now, we're leaving and we're going to let the lawyers argue about it, that would damage the ACC brand. And the ACC does realize that. Florida State's football brand is a big chunk of the ACC's value in its TV contracts with ESPN and the ACC network. So it's a lot of barking, and some, some in the ACC are saying, let them bark, it's a hollow bark, they can't do anything. But others in the ACC are saying, well, wait a minute, what if they do? You know, they're going to have to pay the $120 million exit fee. That, that's not as complicated. But nobody's tested the grant of rights in court. And it could be, you know, another $400 million plus that Florida State loses in terms of the value of their media rights. 
or some judge somewhere uh, could find that, you know, there is a loophole. And I, again, I don't think that's the case, and I say that as an attorney for a long time, but there's enough of a fear factor of what the ACC would look like if Florida State left uh, that at least they have to listen to the Seminoles. Dave Glenn with us here from the North Carolina Sports Network and the North Carolina News Network, among his other many ventures. And we're gracious for his time today in the fast lane. <laughs> you brought it up. SMU, Cal, and Stanford to the <laughs> ACC. I mean, it's laughable when you think about, unless you're going with the all-coast conference to include the Gulf and the Pacific <laughs> Coast. Um, is that what we're getting at right now, or are we at the point now in college sports where, I mean, let's just throw our hands up and admit none of this makes much sense realistically? Well, you know the old saying is that desperate times call for desperate measures, right? And the reality is when the SEC, for example, uh, was already in a position of strength, it didn't have to take Texas and Oklahoma. But the Longhorns and the Sooners found themselves in a league, the Big 12, that was falling behind. So they came begging, basically, can we join the SEC? Similarly, Oregon and Washington were in a Pac-12 that was in an even more desperate situation than the ACC. The Big Ten didn't need Oregon and Washington, but the Ducks and Washington basically begged their way into the Big Ten. Similarly, right now, the ACC is obviously not in that same strong position as the Big Ten and the SEC when they announced those upcoming additions. But SMU is begging to get into the ACC. What do I mean? They are offering to not take a share of revenue for their first five years as a league member. Now, keep in mind, those shares will be worth 40 to $50 million a year. So that means SMU is saying, hey, we will forego 200 to $250 million that you can spread among your current members because that's how badly we want to come into the ACC. Well, if you're spreading $250 million over five years somewhere in that neighborhood among your current members, that's at least a nice chunk, right? It doesn't close the gap with the Big Ten and the SEC, but it's a nice step in the right direction, just like uh, the ACC network getting more revenue by adding a school in Texas and adding two schools in California, possibly, with Stanford and Cal. That's another little chunk in the financial gap if you choose to expand. We also know that Stanford and Cal while not making that extreme offer that SMU apparently has made, Stanford and Cal would be willing to accept less than 100% shares. In other words, if everybody else is getting $50 million from ACC headquarters in a certain year, uh, they would be willing to accept, let's say, two-thirds of that for the first X number of years as ACC members. So it is, again... The schools that are in leagues where they're unhappy but have the freedom to leave, unlike Florida State, they can't leave easily, right? It's complicated legally. Well, Stanford and Cal have no such complications, but they also don't have a a very good resting place right now. And SMU just desperately wants to join the Power Four, we can now call it, since the Pac-12, as we knew it, is no longer. Um, So those are some of the dynamics Whereas the ACC, is as nonsensical as it sounds for the Atlantic Coast Conference that has two schools on the Pacific Ocean and another in Texas, that those are the conversations right now. Dave Glenn with us here in the Fast Lane. Dave, 
Does this end in 10 to 15 years with football breaking off from the rest of the sports and being governed and ruled differently? Or are we going to just be dealing with this madness forever because that's how college sports operate? I don't think it's going to end anytime soon. I do think there'll be more waves of realignment. I, I remind everybody that we have gone from a world you know, long ago where literally being near your conference members mattered. Remember way back in the day, conferences, generally speaking, uh, hooked up member to member because of geography. Well, in terms of TV money, which is clearly, and specifically it's football TV money, that is the tail wagging the dog here, we are going to continue to evolve year after year to a point where they have a greater ability to track not only TV viewers, but whereas Nielsen ratings and TV can be wildly inaccurate, now that more and more product is going to streaming, that is infinitely more accurate. And I think we're going to come to a day, Ed, where rather than, you know, this state, you know, the Big Ten expanded in New Jersey and Maryland, not because Rutgers and Maryland are great programs, but because they dramatic. I mean, they made hundreds of millions of dollars in new revenue with the Big Ten Network because they were expanding to states where they did not previously have members. There is still some logic to that, as we just described with the ACC's potential expansion. But we're evolving toward a world where the states and the geography will not matter as much, and it's really going to be about which programs draw the most TV eyeballs. And when we get to that point, you know, the SEC and the Big Ten might start shedding those schools that just don't draw the the TV eyeballs. And obviously the Pac-12 has fallen apart in part because it didn't have enough schools drawing TV eyeballs. The ACC is in at least a predicament in part because after Notre Dame, Florida State, and Clemson, it doesn't have a lot of schools that draw huge football TV eyeball numbers so that if Florida State and Clemson were to leave, and obviously Notre Dame is a football independent, the ACC would be a watered-down version of its current self. So, yes, more waves of realignment are coming, and those rules that I just described tend to change, you know, certainly every decade or so at this point. Dave, Trey here. Uh, obviously, uh the big thing today is Notre Dame pushing for Stanford and Cal, which makes sense. Longtime rivals of Notre Dame, and you know they want to ensure the fact that that rivalry can stand. And how you do it? You do it with your scheduling partner in the ACC. Uh, is there a way? And I jokingly tweeted that Jim Phillips should say, "If those two come, you have to come with me." That's the only way we let it happen. <laughs> is there a way for that to actually happen? I don't think so, but it, it, I feel like that could be an interesting dynamic, just because those two schools are so linked to Notre Dame. Hey, if I'm Jim Phillips, I certainly say it. Uh, now, Notre Dame has been so happy with its football independence for, you know, a hundred years and has shown no signs of wanting to give up that football independence. It would impact the ACC in a huge way financially if Notre Dame were to become 
a full member in all sports, meaning you know, adding football to what they already are a member on, which is everything else the ACC sponsors. Um, I think Notre Dame would laugh at that. Uh, Notre Dame, of course, is in uh, a position that many ACC schools don't like. I mean, they did vote this way, but some believe that Notre Dame should not have full voting rights on such things, right? I mean, if they're not a full member, why would they have full voting rights? But when the when Notre Dame joined in other sports and Notre Dame you know, eventually promised to play, what is it, five football games a year against ACC teams, that does help the ACC financially. But Notre Dame is, is dealing from a position of strength and really right now has greater leverage than the Atlantic Coast Conference has. Um, Notre Dame just selfishly wants they, – they've played Stanford, you know, almost every year for a long time. So it's, it's good for the fighting Irish if they add more high academic schools, if the ACC lets, uh, you know, brings in somebody that the Irish already has a great relationship in Stanford and to a lesser degree Cal – um, but Notre Dame, you know, I, I'd be shocked. They're, they're, they believe they're negotiating a new TV deal. You know, the ACC schools share their TV money. Notre Dame doesn't have to share its football TV money. Uh, and they've had that NBC contract that they say is about to get even better. So between the, the, the loving their brand as an independent football program and, and the money just being good enough to justify their continued independence, as much as I think you're right to raise the issue, I don't think that's going to happen. Well, we love the work of Dave Glenn, and we're gracious for him sharing some of that insight today in the fast lane. And we'll keep up with you, Dave, at the North Carolina Sports Network, Chapelboro.com, and, of course, David Glenn Show on Twitter. Thank you for some of that perspective today and look forward to chatting again maybe in a couple weeks to wait for it, actually talk some football. <laughs> Thank you, Ed. It's always fun to be with you. Keep up the good work anytime. Dave Glenn with us here in the Fast Lane. When we return, more on this and, yes, looking ahead to the football season. A different angle. Chip Patterson, CBSSports.com and the Cover 3 podcast next.